Kissing, hugging, holding hands, long embraces, all, all before the day's end, all into the wee hours of the night. Is that something you should do before you get married? You're now listening to the No Pills Podcast, your best resource for cultivating meaningful, healthy, long-lasting, romantic relationships that bloom into strong marriages. My name is Gordon McGee, speaker and evangelist for Go Stand and Preach, and I'm sitting down with my Bible, people like yourself, and relationship professionals to discuss what are the best practices to obtain and maintain love in this modern dating marketplace. I promise you that taking a blue or red pill is not the answer. Welcome to No Pills. Welcome to No Pills. Love fully scripted. Ha! I'm Gordon McGee, your host on this grand, grand adventure into romance, life, relationships, and all of the above, doing it God's way, the foolproof way, the guaranteed way, per the owner's manual. Kissing, hugging, holding hands, long embraces, all, all before the day's end, all into the wee hours of the night, is that something you should do before you get married? Should you be touching before you get married? Should you be hugging and kissing all intimately and passionately before you get married? We're going to talk about it today, friends. We're going to get into it today. I think this is something that we overlook no matter if you are a believer, no matter if you're a Christian or not. This is, I believe this is something, something that is applicable, a question that's asked or should be asked by everyone. And we can see the the almost rapid decline in relationships, dating, you know, when we're not courting, dating, and just what's going on around us in, in our in our local environments when it comes to connecting with somebody, being in a relationship with somebody. It's just everything is crashing and it's crashing fast. And it's because we're just we're connecting too quickly, man. We're hooking up too quickly. Right? This hookup culture. It's not a good thing. And definitely within hookup culture, I mean, we're going, we're going past kissing and hugging and holding hands and long embraces. We're getting right down to the monkey business. ASAP. Fast. Quick in a hurry. You know, starts fast, ends fast. You know what I mean? Burns out quickly. Well, someone may argue, like, well, wouldn't that be cultural? You know, uh, kissing, hugging, holding hands prior to marriage. Wouldn't that be like a cultural thing? Well, listen, there's over 100, what is 196 different countries around the world. And as you might imagine, uh, in those countries, there are different cultural norms and cultural standards, I guess you could say. Like, for example, in Tibet, they stick out their tongues to greet each other. Um, Not something I'm accustomed to doing here in the United States. Uh, Then there's um, cultures that bump noses. Uh, there's air kisses, you know what I mean? Uh, they rub noses in some other cultures. The good old handshake, the tried and true handshake. Uh, be careful because I know if you're in India, you got to shake with the correct hand, so I believe. So, you know, get that figured out before you get there. Uh, some people clap hands. Uh, some people put a hand on the heart, right? Some cultures, they put a hand on the heart. Other cultures, they bow, right? 
good old good old old school bowing. Uh, and then that that bowing is, is it differs per the age and social status of the person that you're bowing to in some cultures, like in Asian cultures. Um, then there's some some cultures they sniff faces. You know, they're, they're, they're sniffing faces. Um, the classic kiss on the cheek that goes on. Sometimes you get the three or four mm, 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 kisses on the cheek. You know, air or literally on the cheek. Uh, then there's the head nod, you know, what up fam, I see you, the, the good old head nod, there's some head nod, some head recognition out there, mm-hmm. then there's the, the fist bump, I'll give you the fist bump, man, we even, we even got the, we even got the air handshake after, after COVID, <laughs> um, hugging, some cultures hug, um, like in Japan, hugging is out, like it is completely seen as highly inappropriate to hug somebody else, okay, then you get the praying hands, to the chest with the bow or with the head nod. All right. That's in some cultures. That's how they meet and greet. All right. Um, and then you get a, a little greeting word with that sometimes, you know, it varies by culture, right? By country. But here is what I want to say to you. Cultures in and of themselves are not holy. Uh, cultures in and of themselves are not free from um, immorality, right? It, it doesn't mean that they're morally correct. You know, cultures are not necessarily on the moral up and up. So let's just let's delve into that a little bit. You know, there's some cultures, you know, um, that I've heard about and seen documentaries on where, you know, in their culture, it was 200 percent OK just to be a tribal warring culture and to take life uh, just about for no reason. I know a lot of times in some of these largest cities in the United States, it feels like there's tribalism and war going on there, too. But in other words, it was accepted. Right. So it's an accepted form of social interaction. Um, some cultures are very licentious or very sexual. Right. I think about some of my Latin cultures and all that. Very, very sexual cultures, very, very intimate. Right. Uh, cultures. Um, and that doesn't that that's not holy. You know, um, sometimes the lifestyles and what we eat and how we eat, you know, is destroying our bodies. So just because something is culturally acceptable, it doesn't mean that it's right. Just because you accept something in your particular culture with your ethnic background, your nationality, it doesn't mean that it is acceptable before the God of heaven or should be acceptable at a societal level, if that makes sense. Where does that leave us then? Okay, if cultures are not holy, where does that leave us? Well, you know where I'm going to take you, where I always like to take you, friends. Right back to the owner's manual. For those of you joining us for the first time, this is what we do over here. I want to get instructions from the owner's manual. Stick with me. I buy a vehicle. That vehicle comes with an owner's manual, and that owner's manual it was produced by the manufacturer. It is going to tell me how to operate, maintain my vehicle at peak running performance, to keep it at peak running performance, and how to operate it the best, what fuel to put in it, when to do oil changes, etc. I trust, I trust the owner's manual. Okay? I implicitly. I trust the owner's manual. They manufactured the car. They built the car. They know what this car needs to function at its best performance. Friends, my friends, your relationship is the car. All right? All right? The owner's manual is the Bible. Mm -hmm. The manufacturer is God. So I want to go back and see if there's anything I can find in the owner's manual in the Bible that's going to tell me, man, should I be touching before marriage? Should we be hugging and kissing before marriage? Well, let's jump over to the Bible and let me show you something. 
In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 14, it says, Greet ye one another with a kiss of charity, with a kiss of love. All right, so I, there was is, there is some kissing going on, but it was a kiss of love. Uh, it doesn't say if it was same sex or opposite sex, but there was this kiss, there's a kiss of charity. There's a kiss of love. All right, and then in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 26, greet all the brethren with an holy kiss. All right, so this looks like just the brethren, you know, the brothers getting together, they, 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 they're holy, right? It's a holy kiss. Now, the implication there is that there is an unholy kiss, amen? That you could greet the brethren with an unholy kiss. There's during the time of the apostolic church, that early Christian age, the, 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 the culture within that new Christianity, there was a holy kiss of love that was acceptable. And it looks like it was between the same sex, all right? So I, I imagine that was probably a kiss on the cheek, you know, um, and they kept it moving. All right. So that's, that's not really telling us too much. That's not really giving us a whole lot to go on in regards to answering the question. Should we be touching and kissing before marriage or not? Like what's going on? That's, that's what we really want to know. Right. All right. Let's go to first Corinthians chapter seven, verses one and two. Now concerning the things whereof ye wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, sex outside of marriage, sex before marriage. Let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. One wife, one husband, one marriage. All right. So here we see it is not good for a man to even touch a woman. Now, brethren, listen, let me, let me talk to y'all. Let's be let's let's be adults here today. Let's be adults here today. I was not always in the church. I was not always a Christian. I was not always trying to live a holy life, okay? Um, before I got married, I was married for almost 20 years, all right? I married a nice, beautiful young lady and um, had the bitter, sweet experience of losing my wife to cancer in the physical here. Uh, in this life, she passed away at the age of 37. She is asleep in the grave awaiting the resurrection of the just, that is the sweet part. The bitter part is now being alone. But prior to us giving our lives to Christ, we were anything but holy. Okay, friends? Um, I was a fornicator at one time in my life. I was having sex before marriage. I, that, that was who I, who I was. That's what I was doing. I would date someone for a little while. No plans to break up with them. But, hey, we, we were going to have sex. We were having sex. That's what that's what I had going on in my life. All right. So I was a fornicator. So in first Corinthians seven, verse one. And let me say, I, I studied fornication, friends. Let me let me get this. Let me be honest with you. all let me, let's, let's get it out here. I studied fornication. I was a master of the fornication, friends. OK, this is what I was about. This is the vibe I was on. You know, the vibes I was. Some of you know, the vibes, you know what I'm saying? I know I'm, I'm touching a nerve with somebody. I'm relating to some person out there right now. All right. If it was about females, I was there. Okay. Whew, I spent a lot of energy and time, man, in my adolescence, trying to be where the females were. So when I read 1 Corinthians 7 verse 1, now concerning the things whereof ye wrote unto me. It is good for a man not to touch a woman. I know why Paul is saying this. Because if you're trying to save yourself from marriage, if you're not trying to have sex before marriage, as you should, man, listen, touching a woman, come on, men, do I have to explain? Do I, 
Do I have to explain this to anybody out there? I get touching a woman, friends. It's a wrap. It's a done deal. I mean, I may, I, I, I may skip second, third base and just bring it on home. Okay? It is, it is suicide. It would be a suicide mission. For me to get along with some woman, some young girl, some young, attractive woman and be touching on her and think that I'm going to leave unscathed. I'm going to successfully not have intercourse with this young lady after rubbing and touching. her. Come on, friends. Talk to me, beloved. Let's say you escape it the first time. You think the second, third, fourth time you guys are getting hot and heavy, huh? Hot and heavy that you're going to just, you know, oh, I'm good. Listen, I've seen young and old fall victim to this alike. They have trust in themselves. That is your first mistake. You must reach a place in your experience that you must reach a place of complete distrust in self, friends. Complete distrust in self. That will be your first mistake, trusting yourself. You better believe what I'm telling you. Facts. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, go ahead on and get married. (laughs) Paul's getting right to it. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, go ahead and get married. Man, I'm saying it's not good to touch a woman. If you can't refrain, if you can't maintain, restrain your passions, that intimacy, go ahead and on and marry this woman. Go ahead on and just get married. All right? So that's the first thing. The Bible says it's not good. I mean, this is really clear. It is good for a man not to touch a woman. Amen. Amen. That's pretty That's pretty clear, friends. Pretty, pretty clear. All right, let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 22. I got got some more instructions from the owner's manual. I'm so glad this manual is around, friends. I'm so, I'm so glad this, oh man. It feels so good to have the owner's manual, let me tell you. It feels great. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 22. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Now, this is deep. So if it looks evil, abstain from it. Some folks, you know, do things like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to live with my boyfriend, girlfriend, going to live with someone that I'm supposedly courting my fiance, but we're just not going to have sex. This is the appearance of evil, friends. I want to be seen alone with them, but we're not married. This is the appearance of evil. It appears to be evil. Everyone around you is going to believe that you're having sex. This is. People of the opposite sex, opposite gender, should not be living in a home together unless they're married. This is the appearance of evil. So if you're alone in the car with someone and you're in there uh, kissing and fogging up the windows, some of you know what I'm saying, and you go, oh, no, 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 we're not, we're not having sex. Uh, no, we're, we're keeping it holy. Hard to tell from the outside of that vehicle. Looks like uh, some evil's going on in there to me. Come on, friends, let's just be honest. Right. If you're if you're in someone's space too closely. Right. There's a certain way that people who have been intimate, uh, their body language is different. People who are into each other romantically, their body language is different, different. All this touching and, and cl- like, it, it, like you can you can feel you could cut the sexual tension with a knife, benumbing and beclouding your mind. You know, all your blood has left your head and gone south, friends. And, na- and now you do 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 do. Uh, which way did he go, George? Uh, which which way did he go? You know, men, you know what I'm talking about. Women too, but men, you definitely know what I'm talking about. Look, avoid all appearance of evil, friends. I don't know how much. That's super clear, super clear. Okay, 
Now, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. So, the reason why I'm bringing this passage of scripture up is because we got to understand the whole point of us getting to know someone of the opposite sex is to be married to them. In other words, to become one flesh with them. Right? And that touching, that becoming familiar with their body, how they feel, that that's that's part of the process of the oneness. You know, your your, your spouse, your husband or your wife should be a, a like a a terrain, a map that you become very 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 familiar with. Um, and you should be the only one that's familiar with that terrain, no one else. And it's your job to search for hidden treasure is your job to understand, understand the landscape, to travel the hills and the valleys. Come on. The cracks and the crevices to become very intimately familiar with that map. Because now you're going to be one flesh. This is an extension of your body. It's an extension of you. Come on. It's an extension of you. Ain't that right? Isn't that right? Come on. So you, 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 your plan is to become one flesh with this one person, and now you are studying and learning their body because you're, you're, you're trying to get a master's degree in your spouse's body, right? You're trying to get a master's degree, a doctorate's in your wife's body, in your husband's body. You're going to get the doctorate's. And that begins as soon as you start touching. That begins as soon as you, you, you start feeling. Mm-hmm. Start researching. Start doing examinations. Now, this is something that's very, very obvious to me, but I don't know if it's obvious to other people. In principle, in practice, you should only be touching your spouse, only, only. So the kissing, the long intimate embraces, the holding of the hands, touching one another's genitalia, one another's private parts, etc., is a problem if this person is not your spouse. Now you're saying, well, okay, duh. Like, well, Gordon, we know this person's not my spouse. I've decided that I'm going to, do all this before I get married anyway, brother. So why, why are you bringing this to my knowledge? Because listen, if you're not going to marry this person, then you are touching, kissing, long embracing someone else's spouse. Mm-hmm. You're having long, intimate embraces. You are touching the private parts. You are kissing someone else's spouse. Because listen, you have up until the day of, the very day of the wedding to say, ah, to call it off. So if you go around having with this type of practice, touching and kissing people that, that, that don't belong to you, that you have not said I do to, that you have not committed to, then you are essentially kissing, touching somebody else's spouse that's not yours. All right. Think about this in practice, what I'm saying to you. Let's say there's a group of like 10 friends, OK, five male friends, five female friends and in a group and they hang out together and they all date each other. Right. They're all paired up in twos. Okay, and then they all are kissing, hugging and touching and none of those first relationships work out. And then they date someone else in that friend group and then they date someone else in that friend group. And it goes all, you know, goes that way. And then finally, they all get paired up out of that friend group. But each spouse has been with the other four potential spouses. Okay, And now it's like, yo, my man, John, has touched me. My wife's private parts before what the what? My man John's been kissing and intimate, looking into the eyes of my wife, longing to 
Yo, this is awkward. Okay? This is super, super duper awkward. Like, this is a position you don't want to be in. Like, I'm not trying to be in that position. It's like this, it's like this low-key, slow-paced orgy where it's like, oh yeah, well, yeah, I've touched her, I've kissed her. Oh yeah, she has a mole here. Hey man, hey brother. Hey, I know your wife, she has that mole right there on the upper part of her buttocks. What? Yeah, oh, when she kisses, she does this. Oh, she makes this face. And think about how uncomfortable that discussion is. <sighs> Listen, it's so uncomfortable, you won't have that discussion. Everyone's just going to be weird and awkward about it when we're around each other. Now imagine had all those, those 10 people, those five males, those five females actually just courted, not touched, not kissed, and it just didn't work out between them. And then they got attached to someone else in that friend group and they all got married. There would be no, come on. Come on, someone knows what I'm saying right now. There's no awkward feelings. There's no, because I didn't have any, any, any inappropriate discussion with you. I didn't have any inappropriate touching. Matter of fact, I followed what Paul said and I didn't even touch a woman. Hands off. Now we're in a good, healthy space to move on to someone else. Amen. You haven't gone too far because if you don't marry them and someone else does, you have now put your hands on another person's spouse. Facts. You can call the wedding off at any time, friends. You can call the wedding off at any time. Okay. Now, let me tell you something. As far as interaction with the opposite sex in general, I'm going to show you how you can know that this touching and kissing and hugging thing, it ain't all the way right. All right. We, I mean, we've already covered so much that just, I think, puts a nail in the coffin. You've gotten your instructions from the owner's manual. Now go and do like, like go and get it. Right. But think about this. And I'm going to say, this, I'm going to say this in particular to my, to my ladies out there, to my, to my female audience. When there is a man, okay, that you are not interested in, that you do not feel attracted to physically, okay, like you're just not into him, that brother cannot even think about touching you. <laughs> you won't hug him. You won't give him an air kiss. You won't give him an air fist bump. You, you're going to make sure you do everything. <laughs> so this brother knows, hey, I am not interested in you. I don't want you to be interested in me. And you're definitely not going to touch me. A lot of the time, people your age that you're allowing to touch you, kiss you, do whatever is because they're attractive enough for, for, for you. Right. This is why you're allowing them to enter into your personal space because they're attractive. And like, be honest, come on, be honest with me. Men goes for us, too. If you got some woman out there that you think is hideous, OK, that you think is hideous, like, oh, God, have mercy. One of those. You ain't trying to. There ain't no rubbing, no accidental touching, the long hugs. And this is what I'm saying. Like, you know, all that back rubbing, arm rubbing, these type of things. That's not happening with someone that you don't find attractive. Tell me I'm lying. It's like 10 foot pole status. Hey, man, you stand over there. Hey, get, give me a wave from, wave, wave to me from over there, from way over there. Wave, wave to me from way over there. It ain't all the way right. It ain't all, all the way right, friends. It, it's super obvious, too. Like, this stuff is so obvious that it's not even a question. Like, you know what it is. If you think about what I'm saying, you don't want to be in this pool of kissing everybody and touching everybody and groping everybody and almost having sex with everybody. And then you don't marry that person. It doesn't work out. And it's like, it's like, yo, man, you hoeing. You know what I mean? You're out here being a whore. You know, you're just not going all the way, quote unquote. But you're sharing yourself. You're giving a part of yourself away to this other person. I would encourage you to do it per the owner's manual. Save all of you. Save all of yourself for your spouse. 
Don't give any portion of you away to somebody that's not going to be or that's not not going to be who is not your husband or your wife. Save that all for them. Save the kissing for them, the hugging. For, and, it's an, and it's not official until it's official, until you both say, I do. I'm Gordon McGee. This is No Pills, Love Fully Scripted. I'm signing off, and I'll catch you next week. Mm-hmm.